Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello and welcome back to the Stepman Dave Football Podcast. I am, of course, Stepman Steve, stepping in for Dave today. Oi, Steve, give me my mic back, you muppet. Sorry about that, guys. Anyway, on today's episode, we're going to talk the news. Then we're going to answer your questions that you've sent in on Twitter. If you want to send any questions any time of the day, at Statman Dave on Twitter. Make sure you give me a follow as well. But anyway, on to the news. So, Brazil beat Uruguay four goals to one in the uh, South American qualifier for the World Cup. Um, with Chinese Super League legend Paulinho scoring a hat-trick. One of his goals was absolutely fantastic. A shot from outside the area that went into the top right-hand corner. Brilliant goal from Paulinho and looks like he's continuing his uh, wonderful form in the Chinese Super League onto the international stage. In terms of uh, Argentina in the other tie, they beat Chile one goal to nil with Lionel Messi bagging a penalty, who's now scored two in two in the last two weeks. Maybe he's finally uh, broken his penalty hoodoo and now is the best player in the world by a country mile. Um, and according to reports in Spain, uh, other Barcelona news, uh, they met Maurizio Pochettino a few days ago with a serious option for him to replace Luis Enrique. For me, it would be an absolutely perfect fit. Messi... Neymar and Suarez under Pochettino would be delicious. To finish things off, uh, the Griezmann rumours have returned. The Daily Star reporting that he's signed his deal and all sorts of papers making up some stuff. In terms of this season, though, Griezmann has been brilliant. In 40 games, he's been directly involved in 33 goals. That's 22 goals and, of course, 11 assists. Anyway, let's get to the questions. So the first set of questions are going to be about international football. As it is the international break, um, you know, your questions are geared to that. So that's fair. Let's talk about some international soccer. So first question comes in from Luke Dorr at BlackShadow179 on Twitter. Ask that man, Dave, which young players should the major European teams build their future squads around? So what I've done is I've looked at the top five uh, sort of clubs in, not, not clubs, sorry, the top five teams in in Europe looking at like sort of the top five leagues in a way so I've got England, Germany, France, Spain and Italy 
So for England, I think it's going to be Deli Ali is going to be the main man in there. The goal-scoring attacking midfielder has been in fantastic form this season. 14 goals in the Premier League. No player under 21 scored more uh, in Europe's top five. Other players are John Stones, who's had a pretty decent season uh, lately under Pep Guardiola. Uh, his ability to command the ball out the back and, and go past players and play those passes in between the lines is exceptional and shows his exceptional talent and how big his balls are. Obviously, that is a quote from Pep Guardiola. And also for England, the third third player I reckon they should build around, of course, is Raheem Sterling, who again has looked fresh under Guardiola um, and is back to his sort of goal scoring and assisting best on playing as a you know on the on the right hand side or the left hand side, getting in behind the opposition or, or directly dribbling his opponent. Yeah, but Sterling been top this season. England, um, apart from that, don't really have much talent compared to the other nations that we are going to discuss. Moving on to Germany, um, I'd say Germany potentially could build around three stars. Mainly Julian Weigel. Julian Weigel is a player that this season has really taken his game to the next level. We didn't even, you know, how... I didn't even think you could say that, but this season he's been so commanding in the Borussia Dortmund central midfield, playing in either a 3-4-3 or 4-2-3-1 or, you know, a 5-4-1, should we call it. He has been fantastic. In the Champions League, he's completed more passes than any other player. Go back to the, the uh, last 16 game against Benfica, he was absolutely phenomenal at central midfield and really has started to get the ability to play the sort of chavy passes uh, in between the fullback and the centre-half to get your wing-back in behind, cut back for Aubameyang. That was a uh, a common goal for Borussia Dortmund this season and Weigel has now found that in his range and obviously the quotes from Tony Cruz, you know Julian Weigel is going to be a star so Germany the main man they should build their squad around of course is Julian Weigel other players that I've spoke about in recent weeks of course Julian Brandt and Nicholas Schuller both two fantastic talented players Schuller centre half Julian Brandt an attacking midfielder really good uh, way of uh, you know moving the ball moving his body body feints are absolutely sick with uh, Julian Brandt anyway moving on to France uh, I'm going to go with three attackers for France because I think they've got such superior force going forward in terms of who they should build their side around it's kind of a difficult one with these three players I'd potentially go with Mbappe you know we've spoke about him maybe three, four times this week. But again, Mbappe gets the nod ahead of Dembele and, of course, Anthony Martial. But that would be such a potent front three. Great podcast. If you haven't checked it out, make sure you go and check out the front three uh, with myself, Lawrence McKenna, uh, Kristen Hennage and Adam Boltwood with special guests, including uh, Nico Morales and uh, other guys. So, yeah, make sure you go and check that out as well. Uh, But, yeah, so moving on to the front three of France. Imagine this as a front three, Mbappe through the middle. Dembele on the right and of course Anthony Martial on the left that is just disgusting supported by you know maybe uh, Bakayoko Paul Pogba um, Kondogbia thrown in there Varane at the back Loris in goal wow that is a team that could really start to dominate Europe but yeah both of the players supporting uh, Mbappe, Dembele and Martial, both have been fantastic this season for their respective clubs. Martial's been in and out of the United team, but when he's been in form, he's looked really, really good coming in, cutting in onto that right foot, dancing down the byline as he does um, when he hits that zone. And of course, uh, Dembele, fantastic talent, ball at his feet, ability to create chances for teammates out of nothing. But France, they're going to be a top, top side in the future. In terms of Spain, again, I've gone with two centri- two midfielders and an, and a, an attacker. Um, the attacker first is Aki Williams. 
been in wonderful form for Bilbao this season. So pacey, so good at delivering the ball into the box. I think the two other players, uh, I think the main man you want to build this side around um, in the next, you know, 10 years potentially would be Saul Niguez. Uh, you know, wonderful talent, capable of playing on the right-hand side, left-hand side, central midfield, defensive midfield, played centre-half um, when he was on loan in the early part of his career. But, you know, really tenacious, aggressive, good at winning the ball back. And, you know, some of the goals he scored for... Uh, Atletico really showcases his ability on that football. Um, finishing off, Marco Asensio, um, the Real Madrid player signed from Mallorca. Not had as much as a run out as I thought he did. He, he absolutely exploded at the start of the season when Ronaldo was injured. Was sort of Real Madrid's main man in an attacking sense when Bale and Ronaldo were both out. Asensio was the guy scoring the goals and getting the assists. So I expect him to fully push on in his career. Maybe not even at Real Madrid. Maybe he needs to move elsewhere. Finally, touching on Italy, um, the three main players. I think you've got to bring it, build your, everything around Belotti, the uh, Torino centre forward, um, the rooster. I think he's the, you know, he's got to be the main man there, goal scorer, a proper goal scorer. And if you can create chances for him, either playing on the counter attack or playing with with uh, you know possession based system with Verratti in central midfield, you, you know you're onto a winner there. Other young players, I think they, you know, they've already got to invest some time, money in Gagliardini at Inter Milan has shown some great form. Him partnering Verratti could be a really good midfield. Verratti sitting a bit deeper, playing as a number six, and Gagliardini playing as a number eight, jumping out the formation and turning over the football. And of course, uh, one of my favourite players in world football uh, for a few years now, Dominic Barabi, fantastic talent, so so good at carrying the ball, creating chances for teammates, and so forth. He's got a cracking record in goals and assists um, for his age so far in Europe's top five leagues. Doing a great job at Sassuolo and will be moving on in the summer, I imagine, potentially to Juventus. But anyway, that's the top five European League teams international-wise and who they should focus on. Moving on to some more international-based questions. Um, Vedenash uh, Nathani asks, at Statman Dave, the best international teams at 2018 World Cup hashtag podcast hashtag Statman Dave football podcast come on the hashtags um, I'm going to go with uh, Germany they've got to be there you know Tony Cruz Julian Weigel uh, then the attacking talent they've got Thomas Muller coming to the, the peak of his career Mezit's still around Hummels Boateng you know they've got that a little bit of an issue at right back but I think Benjamin, Benjamin Hendricks will take that role been fantastic for Leverkusen in the Bundesliga this season um, so yeah I think Germany will be good Fran- France of course with Griezmann and then that attacking three that I mentioned before Mbappe Dembele Martial Dimitri Payet Varane Pogba there's so much talent Bakayoko so I expect Germany France, you can't discount, uh, obviously you can't discount Spain. So much talent coming through there. The likes of Coke, Saul, this is probably they're going to be their team in 2018, which would be a delight to watch a slightly different Spanish team. Obviously with Diego Costa through the middle, they're going to be a different beast. Maybe more Atletico Madrid than the classic Barcelona. And of course, you can't look further than uh, Brazil, who under Tite have looked very, very good. They've won seven uh, out of their, their seven games. They've they've lost zero games. They've scored 21 goals and only continued two. So he's doing very well. Sort of a combative midfield in a way. Casemiro, obviously. Obviously, the, the, the main holder I've mentioned many times this week already in terms of how good he's been this year. So if they can get the likes of Neymar, Coutinho and, and Firmino uh, combining and scoring goals. And you've got some young talents in there. Gabriel Barbosa, Gabriel Jesus. There's, yeah, Brazil are starting to look good again. Of course, Argentina. That's about it. I reckon Argentina, Messi, Higuain, Aguero. Probably coming to the latter stages, but if you look at their average age, it's probably quite a good thing for Argentina. International tournaments, the experience of, of losing a World Cup final, they'll want to win it. So they're big favourites as well. But yeah, I think 
in terms of I'd, I'd say uh, I can't really rank those teams that's pretty pretty impossible in a way probably go Argentina one just because I think they've got something to prove and Messi I've not even mentioned Portugal as well who won the, won the European Championships um, with a fine young team Bernardo Silva in there obviously Ronaldo um, Adrian Silva so the, the, so that, the World Cup in 2018 although it's going to be in Russia and there will be some tra- crowd problems and, and so forth but it's going to be a really good tournament in terms of the teams and the quality of football you heard it here first. Anyway, moving on to at M-W-E-S-M-I-K's question on Twitter. Uh, Why do certain national teams, uh, despite being blessed with generations of super talent, tend to bottle it at major tournaments? Well, I think it sort of goes down to two factors. One, the pressure from their nation of being these super talents. You know, that's pressure that's been been built within their own media. You've seen England, it happened so many times that all these guys are super hyped above their actual playing standard. But also, in a way, I think it's um, it, it's the, it's psychologically, you know, you don't have to, if you think you're super talented, if the media builds you up as being super talented, you may start to believe that. And that builds that horrible, horrible thing in your head that you don't have to work anymore. And that is the worst that you could get in a football team, is a team that doesn't work as hard as it should do, doesn't put in the performances, doesn't defend as a unit. You know, that's the problem. It's the pressure and the, the psychological factors that this pressure brings and the doubt that could go into a player's head. Am I as good as this? Um, and these levels that, that I'm getting hyped to and so forth. So, yeah, I think it's a, it's a combination with between those two factors. But great question anyway. Moving on to uh, Tobias' uh, Xbox EIE. Uh, his question at Statman Dave does FIFA ruin English teams to compete in Europe or are English teams just not that good anymore I think it, it is something to do with um, what I mentioned on the podcast on Wednesday in terms of the development of young players is is really hampering teams in Europe you know we're not seeing uh, English cores and English cores are good you know they're, they're still very very talented cores it gives you a certain bite it gives you a certain fight you know players coming through the likes of the United Academy the likes of the Chelsea Academy are going to fight harder for that Chelsea shirt because they know what it means to be a Chelsea player They've worked hard to get there. And without that, unfortunately, you don't have that bite and that determination. You think of like Atletico Madrid, the players, all the players they've brought in in recent years are a great example. Barcelona, another example. Bayern Munich, another example. All these teams that are at the top level, um, they do have a good solid core from coming within their club. Obviously, there are super clubs that do spend a lot of cash that aren't that. But the prime examples of Atletico, Bayern, Barca that have been a, a staple in European football in the last few seasons all come within their club. And I think that is a problem internationally. But in terms of English teams... Um, Competing in Europe, I think it is a bit of an issue with the the schedule in terms of the Premier League. I think the Premier League's more to blame than the FA. I think the Premier League unfortunately governs the FA, bullies the FA into a corner, and the FA has now got no balls. I need someone like maybe Statman Dave to come back in there and blow some blow some stuff up, get some dynamite involved, bang some heads together, and tell the Premier League to do one. Um, in certain situations, obviously the money is good for the game, but it's got to be reinvested in the right ways. But that is my that is my going to be my mantra for the presidency of the FA in 2026 I think I'll go for it then but anyway make sure that you vote for me then normally being a little extra might be a bit much but not when it comes to healthcare that's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company supplement your primary plan so you manage out of pocket costs learn more at UH1.com say hello to a new era of mental health care Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. 
Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Life is made up of many gorgeous moments. Cherish them all, big and small, with Blue Nile. Whether it's for yourself or a loved one, Blue Nile's unrivaled selection of expertly crafted fine jewelry and statement pieces help make all your moments sparkle. Blue Nile's experts are on hand to guide you, and their diamond guarantee ensures you get the highest quality at the best price. Celebrate a life well-lived in the most radiant way, and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When I am a candidate, um, but the other part of his question, are English teams not, just not that good enough? Correct, they are not that good enough right now. They are below the standards uh, because of the, uh, you know, we saw uh, until this season, before that, the managers have been quite poor, but we're seeing now coaches are coming into the league that do play these good styles of football. Our modern coaches. So England teams will be on the rise. Anyway, moving on to the European football question part of the show. First up, backs Tom. Backstom98 on Twitter. At Stamp and Dave. How do you think football tactics will develop over the next decade with innovators such as Yardim, Nagelsmann and Thomas Tufel? A fantastic question. Good work, Tom. Um, well, I think firstly, I think the transitions are going to speed up in terms of teams breaking from uh, defensive shapes to attacking shapes. I think that's going to be a lot quicker. We're going to see breaks that are just going to be lightning quick. Like, you know, for example, Red Bull Leipzig this season who are starting to do that, bucking that sort of trend of, of being really fast. And Monaco obviously break very, very quickly. I feel that will just keep going. I think we'll go back to maybe a different possession shapes. I think the three six one is what's being used uh, by certain clubs with you know the two centre-backs, the defensive midfielder dropping in between and then the other central midfield ahead and then basically six attacking players, whether it is the two full-backs, uh, the two wide players, um, maybe two strikers or you want to organise that a bit differently. I think it will move to uh, maybe even a 2-1-7, uh, let's say. Uh, so the transition will be so crucial for moving from your defensive shape to your attacking shape. You know, Guardiola's been playing with a 3-2-5. This season, I think things like that will come a lot more. But I think there's also as well, um, things like pressing traps will be a bit of a game of cat and mouse like teams will know where your pressing traps is and we'll have to maybe play around those pressing traps with possession of the football so that could be really interesting as well sort of a game of chess really sped up and, and two coaches you know coming together and putting the traps out putting the transitions ready getting your attacking shape getting your defensive shape it's going to be so fascinating potentially we'll see an innovation of the goal scorer again we've seen the false nine we've seen uh, a wide player that's scoring all the goals we've seen you know we've still got the traditional number nine striker maybe we'll see goal scoring central midfielders again maybe even goal scoring centre halves maybe we've already got that with Sergio Ramos football is going to be so good maybe actually no it's going to be goal scoring fullbacks like Marcus Alonso we're going to see Loads of those coming through uh, in the next few seasons, cutting in onto their stronger foot. They're going to be inverted fullbacks, banging goals in. It's going to be absolutely cracking. So make sure you stay tuned to World Football. Anyway, moving on to other questions. Uh, Ben's question. Uh, ben Osua. So you, sorry. And so you. Uh, Kian Mbappe or Usman Dembele? Who is better? Oh, such a difficult question. Why are you making me do this? Uh, both supremely talented young players. I'd say right now, just because he's had the experience of moving from France to another club and done very well, I'm going to go with Dembele. But 
Kay Mbappe has a, a similar seal, ceiling of, of his potential of where he can go. The goal scoring records that he's broken so far are ridiculous. Such a talented, talented forward um, and also will play up front. So may get more headlines than Dembele in the future. But I think Dembele will become one of the best players in world football. But I also think Mbappe will. I reckon these two will be on the Ballon d'Or together. You heard it here first. Ousmane Dembele and Mbappe will be sat second, third, maybe first uh, in the Ballon d'Or in years to come. Moving on to Mr. Walker Porter's question. Uh, hashtag Q&A. Ask that man, Dave. If uh, world-class players such as Aguero, Sanchez and Ozil leave the Prem, which world-class stars do you expect to come into the best league in the world, in quotation marks? Well, quite honestly, I think these players play at world-class levels at points, but I think the consistency of these players doesn't put them in the world-class bracket. Your problem with Aguero with injuries, Sanchez's attitude this season, he's been world-class, Sanchez has been world-class for most of the season, but since the, since um, the falling out with Wenger that appeared to be when he got dropped, not at that world-class level anymore. To be a world-class level for me, you need to be consistently performing for a full season at that world-class level. And fortunately, Sanchez isn't doing that. Same with uh, Mesut Ozil. Isn't performing at the level without Santi Cazorla in this team. He's not performing at the level that he should be. He's not racking up the assists. The assist record this season is, le- is worse than Wayne Rooney's, which is ridiculous. Wayne Rooney's played like, a ha- you know, not a handful of games, but he-, he hasn't played every single game. And it's an interesting one where I don't think these players are world-class in- at their current level. They need to improve. They need to consistently needs to improve massively but in terms of players coming in of course Antoine Griezmann is moving to Manchester United because that's what the Daily Star are saying so we've got to believe that um, I think Benucci may make an entrance into the league whether it's at Man United Manchester City or Chelsea he's going to be a guy that's going to be within the bidding wars <coughs> pardon me players like Bakayoko Fabinho uh, Mendy basically the whole Monaco team uh, who have the potential to be world class talents potentially will be on the move to the Prem so yeah there's, there's the little answer there and then a little bit of a talk there uh, moving on to a nice question which uh, moves us on quite nicely um, LFC commentary uh, at LFC underscore comments on Twitter at Statman Dave who do you think will be the next player to break the transfer record and when well first up it's going to be Antoine Griezmann if that goes through to United that will blow up. That will be, you know, 100 million maybe. Um, and then after that, it will be Mbappe, I reckon, the summer after that. So this summer, we're going to see Griezmann go. Summer after, we'll see Mbappe go. And they're both are going to be monstrous fees. So much crazy money. Can I just have some, please? You know, I'm going to get, go out for dinner once once in a week. You know, that's all I want. Take the girlfriend out, make her happy. Simple as stuff. I'm a simple lad. You know, come on. Premier League, give me some money. <laughs> anyway, sorry about that, guys, you know. Just completely going on a tangent, as always. Moving on to uh, Steph's question. Seth's question, sorry, Seth Guardiola on Twitter. I get comparisons between uh, them two offensively, uh, but Coutinho actually adapts and play in Iniesta's deeper role. Um, He plays now. I don't really think, for me, I think Coutinho is a winger. I think Coutinho plays his best football as a wide player. I feel playing him a little bit deeper. You're not getting the best out of Coutinho. Coutinho is like a last man to play, you want to say. You want him playing in between the lines. You want him being able to slide those through balls to the strikers or getting the shots away or being able to dribble past opponents that if he beats the man, he'll be clean for one goal. I feel like playing him a little bit deeper right now, his decision-making isn't good enough. His consistency isn't good enough. But maybe in the future he'll evolve. But I do kind of think he's a winger. He's a goal-scoring winger that's, uh, you know, that can play make from the left wing. And that's where he's played his best football, unfortunately, for me, um, at Liverpool and for Brazil. So, yeah, I think that they're different players. If I were to get someone that's like a, you know, an Iniesta replacement, you're going to go Verratti. 
be a different replacement, be more of a Xavi than Iniesta, but that would be the perfect man for me for Barcelona. Or Paul Pogba would have been a great replacement, but unfortunately he plays for the red half of Manchester, so that ain't going to happen, Barca. You back off. Anyway, moving on to the packed mouse question at Pack Mouse on Twitter. I don't think Chelsea will do in the Champions League next season. Playing a 3-4-3. Well, it's going to be an absolute banging Champions League next year. Um, you know, the competition for places in the Premier League shows the quality of the Champions League and how high that will be. Um, I, I expect Chelsea to do well. What's going to be really interesting is when they lose control of the midfield against the big boys, against Real Madrid, Barcelona and Bayern Munich. Um, we saw how Comte's Italy did that against Spain and they did that against Germany in the European Championships of 2016. They lost uh, against Germany, obviously, on penalties, but they beat Spain. So it's going to be an interesting one. Conte will surrender possession to these sides. He's doing that in the Premier League. But in the Premier League, you don't have the quality of players like Tony Cruz, um, players like Xabi Alonso, players like Iniesta, that we mentioned, you know, we talked about before, that could unlock a deep pack midfield so it's going to be interesting I don't expect them to win it but I expect them to do well and be com- uh, competitive you know the only other thing I'd say is well back threes Champions League for the last 15 years it's just not what worked out I feel like again it's the losing the control you, you're losing a man in midfield pretty much for this extra guy at the back um, and you look at the, the teams in uh, that are the big boys they aren't they're playing with one striker Generally not playing with two strikers, Bayern, Barca and Real. They're playing with a single striker up front, supported by wide players, supported by people behind in the hole, but not actually two traditional forwards, which makes one of the centre-halves in Chelsea's system a little bit redundant. Thus, they lose control of the game. So it's going to be a really interesting one, and I cannot wait. Great question. Packed mouse once again. Moving on to the final part of the show, we're going to talk MUFC. Okay? (laughs) Get it. Um, Oliver. Question at Oliver Kearney, 32 on Twitter. Do you think that Manchester United can give teams like Bayern, Barca, Real a run for their money? Right now, no. Villa's United squad, this United project under Jose Mourinho, Jose Mourinho, sorry, is still in progress. And it will take some time for them to get back up to that level. I think some signings in the summer can push them back. Uh, we've seen how Mourinho set his team up, very defensively organised. It looks good. It looks like they will be able to compete on a European stage. But right now, no. Next season, yes. So moving on to Ispal's question at Ace underscore Ispal on Twitter at Statman Dave. Do you think Naby Keita and Paul Pogba could work as a partnership next season? Yes, they could definitely work as a partnership in in midfield. They'd be perfect together and they'd play off each other. They'd bounce off each other in terms of how they play football, their creativity, um, how they like to attack and defend. Maybe a a 4-3-3 would suit Naby Keita and Paul Pogba a lot more than a 4-2-3-1. But of course, Naby Keita's played in the wide positions for Leipzig this season, played on the left wing, played on the right wing. So it could work quite nicely with Paul Pogba and Keita. I quite like to see a 4-4-2 with Paul Pogba on the left wing, Naby Keita on the right wing, and then two sort of and Fabinho. I'd love to see that midfield and see how it works with Griezmann playing maybe with um, likes of Anthony Martial or Marcus Rashford through the middle. That could be really tasty but obviously that's a far-fetched dream um but yeah i think they could work together but i think paul pogba may have to be a little bit more responsible playing as a number six which moves us on to Mahdi's question on twitter at Mardello um on twitter you mentioned you think Mourinho will switch to a 4-2-3-1 next season uh but would that uh inhibit Paul Pogba in a two-man midfield i think that Paul Pogba should become a number six i kind of do this is what i've thought of in recent weeks that it Kind of, you need to put a bit of shackles on Paul Pogba. You need to use his strengths. His strengths are rolling tackles. His strengths are beating men. His strengths are, you know, spreading the ball from left to right. His strengths are shooting from distance. His strengths are playing for balls over the top from distance. His strengths are from crossing. You can play all that from a number six position. 
every single one part and given that uh, modern football is a, a pressing game having Paul Pogba's ability to spin a tackle in deep would be a massive asset to Manchester United I feel you get the best out of Paul Pogba making him be a bit more disciplined you know you, you can't always be the free guy the free role in the team in Man United's system in Mourinho's system unfortunately a central midfielder isn't the free role it never really has been it always has been either the wide players or the stra- or the um striker or the guy behind the striker and unfortunately Paul Pogba isn't playing wide isn't playing as a number 10 isn't playing as a striker for Manchester United so I want to see him deep in midfield as a number 6 which would be perfect uh, given what Naby Keita could do next to him <laughs> going back to the other question moving on to um, MUFC Fergie that's at MUFC underscore Fergie fan on Twitter uh, where do you see Griezmann playing in this United side uh, next season if he joins and Ibra stays obviously just behind Ibra in a 4231. I've mentioned it many times before maybe I'll just drop another video on my YouTube channel about Griezmann tonight it seems like the papers are doing it why can't I do it uh, but yeah behind Ibra would be a perfect partnership uh, Griezmann does do well with a player that, with a forward ahead of him that can bring the ball down and play him to short passes and link with him Moving on to uh, David uh, McNamara's question. Sorry, David. Daniel McNamara's question on Twitter, at Daniel McNamara. If you were Edward Wood and you had to sign a defender, midfielder and attacker, no matter what the price, who would you choose? Uh, Well, I'd get Griezmann, Benucci and Nabi Keita. And that is that for the Stat Monday Football Podcast episode 30. Sorry about the Steve's introduction before. It was a bit annoying and I will have a word with him later on. But I'm going to edit this video, go for a run and then go to the pub and have a well-earned weekend off with the mother. Remember, lads, if you are from England, it is Mother's Day on uh, Sunday the 26th. So get your card, get your flowers for your mum because it's very, very important to make your mum feel great. Maybe do the cooking for her, tidy up for her, make her have a great evening because I'm sure... um, I'm going to do that for my mother, so just do the same thing, lads. I'm lasses, obviously. So, yeah, see you later. Over and out. Goodbye. Thanks for listening. Subscribe to me on iTunes, YouTube, and obviously follow me on Twitter. And check out the front three. That is that for shout-outs. Over and Bye. So, you've got an idea for a business. The store of your dreams. There's just one thing to figure out. Everything. That's why Shopify's all-in-one commerce platform makes it easy to sell online, in person, and everywhere else. Sell on social media. Source products with an app to get that first sale feeling. It's the only solution that gives you everything you need to sell everywhere you want. So when you're ready to bring your idea to life, power it up with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. 